Yes, and pray for those that, are, you know, feel led to stay home in this season. Um, and uh, continue to pray for Amanda as she heals from surgery as well. It was really cute to see the reaction of the children the other day when we stopped by and for her birthday gifts and birthday singing. So, and uh, Ken, you missed out on the photo shoot. You were just a little bit late there. So, and, um, but anyway, um, it's just good to be here. Obviously, this is a theme of peace. I want to read a scripture I, I just because after we um, sang those songs this morning, because I'm going to take a different twist, a different way in terms of what I might normally do um, when you're doing the uh, Christmas messages. You know, you usually look at the, the story of the birth and all that. I, I wanted to take a different, a different angle. Um, I'm going to give you a scripture. You can mark this in your Bible and go home and do a little study on it, pray over it. And see what God says to you. But this is, a, this is something, uh, a prophecy from the Old Testament to do with what we were saying about uh, that Christ is going to come through the lineage of David, um, through uh, Judah, the Lion of Judah, he is called. And um, one of the names of, of Jesus, by the way, when we talk about what Pauline shared about him being the Prince of Peace, that's one of his names. Another name that Jesus has is Shiloh. You might say, what? Yeah, Shiloh. And it means peace, and Shiloh means salvation. And so the, the prophetic word here in Genesis 49.10, it says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Now, that's, it reads it a little bit different in the ESV, but when Shiloh comes, that's when f salvation and peace is going to come to us, true peace, the kind of peace that we all desperately desire. The Bible really teaches us and shows us that true peace does not come until we've accepted Christ into our lives, and then he can bestow us with peace. And, it, and, it, and we will discover, I hope you discover today, that um, it is in him and it is through him that he, is, he wants to impart peace to us. He's going to keep us in that perfect peace through his promises and that he is our peace. Christ is our peace. And the passage of Scripture I wanted to look, us to look at today is normally you might preach this or bring this uh, after Easter. But it's in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, starting at verse 19. This is after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm, let me read these verses. It says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors had been locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, and this is a key here, Peace be with you. And when he'd said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if, if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. 
Now, I want to continue reading this for the purpose of us today, too, in terms of our own faith in Christ, trusting and believing in this Prince of Peace, this, this Shiloh, this salvation and peace that Christ brings. Now, Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the, of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. That's what Thomas said to the disciple. I'm not going to believe it until I can actually put my finger there, put my finger in his side. Then I'm going to believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas now is with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. The same, the same greeting, the same words as he said earlier. Then he said to Thomas, Now you put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You know who all those folks are, don't you? The last statement there is us. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. 2 Corinthians 5 7 tells us, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We heard that in the last couple of weeks in the messages that all this is about faith, faith in Christ. Have you put your faith in Christ? Let's just start there right now. Even if someone might be listening on the video. Have you put your faith in Christ? Just like we were talking about my nephew Neil this morning. Came to a place where he finally put his trust, put his faith in Christ. He said, I believe, I believe God, and I want to believe God for my future. So you have to ask yourself that question. Because what Jesus is doing after he rises from the dead, he is imparting peace to his disciples, and he wants to impart peace to you and to me. This he had said earlier, remember Pauline read, how that peace I leave with you, which he quoted in John 14, 27. We, we have it in John 14, 27. That he's telling the disciples, look, peace I, I leave with you, peace I give you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Put your trust in, 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 in God. And, but there's a particular greeting that he uses here after he's risen from the dead that imparts this peace to us in a different way than he's ever done during his whole ministry. And that is in the words that he speaks. Now, in the complete Jewish Bible, which I don't always read, but I like to, to go there and see how they translate the New Testament. When it comes to this particular verse in the complete Jewish Bible, we're added, we're, we're, we get added to the word shalom, which is shalom, which is peace. We get added a word, alechem, 
Shalom Alechem. Peace be unto you. It is the, it, and it isn't, it isn't repeated, it isn't mentioned before this, before this time of Christ's resurrection, nowhere in Scripture does the complete Jewish Bible have this greeting from the Lord or this idea of shalom alakam. It's shalom, be with you, peace be with you. But now, what does this mean? What is he doing? He is, all of a sudden, he is appearing to the disciples after his resurrection in a locked room. Put that in your mind. The doors are locked. Why are they locked? Because they are fearful of the Jews. Christ, their Lord, was crucified. They all ran away from that. They, they were afraid, and they're now still afraid, and locked the doors, but Christ appears to them. He's able to come, he's able to be in body form and yet mysteriously spiritual and appear in the room and say, look here, put your fingers here. Put your fingers here. It's me. And after he said that, he says, Shalom, Alechem. Peace be unto you. What he's actually doing there is actually bestowing upon them all the blessings and the gifts that are, that are available to us after the resurrection. When we come to Christ and we enter into a new life, there is a different kind of peace that he brings to us that is a complete peace. There's nothing, there's nothing left that we can find because he's done it at the cross. He, 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 he went, he died, he died for our sin, the sin is dealt with, and now he says, I want to bestow on you everything about this peace. In other words, what he's saying is, may you be blessed as you see my hands on my side with safety, with rest. May you be blessed with prosperity. May you be blessed with holiness. May you be blessed with welfare and completion and fullness and soundness, even well-being. All that because he has risen from the dead and now he's appeared to them. He says, now, shalom, halakam. And he, and he says it the next time when he comes to see Thomas and he says it later in verse 26. Eight days later, peace be with you. Twice before when he was with him, when he first showed up. Listen, I hope and pray that each of us can hear him saying, Shalom, Alakam. May peace be upon you. Whatever is troubling you in your heart, I died for that. I gave my life for that. You see, so he wants to impart that to us, but he can only impart it to us when we come to him, when we bow our knee to him, when we accept him, when we turn our life around. We have to be, as the Bible tells us in Ephesians and Colossians, we have to be taking old things off and putting new things on in order to receive this conferred blessing, to, or, to, to live in it to have a peace that's beyond all understanding that has been given to us. Listen, 
Another prophecy from Isaiah 54.10 says this. He says, Though the mountains move and the hills shake, my love will not be removed from you, and my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says the compassionate Lord. And he followed through with it, and now he confers it upon the disciples, and he wants to confer it on us because we're his children when we give our lives to him. Now, once we recognize this and we begin to enter into it by faith, by faith, believing, like it says in Peter, even though you haven't seen him, you love him. And even though we haven't seen him physically, we love him. And we rejoice with joy unspeakable. But now, how do, once you have received that impartation of peace, how do you keep it? Because doesn't your life kind of go ebbs and flows, ups and downs? Today, you might feel like, oh, I'm in such peace. I just have such a sense of God's peace. A few weeks ago, I did a Facebook because, you know, we were quarantined at home, and I just felt such peace. And, I, and, I, and then I said that on the, on the video, and I realized I just said it. Well, a few days later, I didn't feel it. So you can't go on feeling. You have to go on faith that what he's done and what he's imparted is a forever thing. And, and there's a promise in Scripture that it says he will keep in perfect peace. Who's he going to keep in perfect peace? He whose eyes and mind and heart are set on him. Continually think about those nail-pierced hands. Think about that nail-pierced side. Set your mind on that. And all that is contained in the results of what he did. And then he keeps you in perfect peace. Why? Because you trust in him. Let me read the verse. You will keep him in perfect peace, Isaiah 26, 3, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. This, this Wednesday, <clears throat> not all of you probably watch the, see the Facebook Live that sometimes we do for Wednesday night, um, but I shared from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 12. If you didn't see that, I'll give you just a brief a little teaching on that now because I've been meditating on that for like three, four, maybe five weeks, just trying to soak in verses 5 through 12, and primarily from that Eugene Peterson's message translation, and I'm thinking in terms of, of having this peace imparted to us through faith in Christ, and now keeping in perfect peace that imparted peace is there's principles, and then there's promises that come along with the principles. Sometimes we, we want to teach something that says, oh, you don't have to follow any principle or any kind. It's not like, though, that you do A and then B, but there is some A and B. There's principles, and let me just give you these. This is from Proverbs 3, 5 through 12, message translation. It tells us to trust God, trust God. That's faith from the bottom of your heart. And don't try to figure out everything on your own. How many of you are in here trying to figure out things on your own? Especially when trials and tribulation come. Listen for God's voice, he says, in everything you do 
and everywhere you go. Wow. And that's the principle. So the principle, this imparted peace has been given to you through Christ. You receive it by faith. And the principle then is to trust him now with all that you have from the very bottom of your heart. With on all your ways, acknowledge him. Trust him. And what is the promise? Is that he's the one who will keep you on track. He'll make straight your paths. You got plans for your life? You got plans where you think you're going? Then trust him from the bottom of your heart. And don't try and figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you're planning and doing. And everywhere you go, And God's promise is his peace will be with you. His promises that all he talks about, that rest, that safety, that prosperity, that wholeness, welfare, completion, fullness, soundness, even well-being is going to go with you along the path. That's awesome. Another principle, yeah, don't assume that you know it all. Oh, gosh, how many of us do that? Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run and find his nail pierced, find his side. Find out about him. Study him. Trust in him. And run from evil. See, the principle is you've got to take something off and put something on. This is putting it in the other way around. Run to God and run from evil. In, in, in the Colossians and Ephesians, take off this old and put on this new. It's a principle. What happens when you do that? And I love this promise. The way Peterson puts it, his translation, your body will glow with health. Don't you want your body to glow with health? Your very bones will vibrate with life. Wow, I want that. And then, of course, honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. <laughs> I've told you this before. I always remember down in Colorado, uh, people would come in. When I first got there, uh, they had a huge 24,000-square-foot building, and, and upstairs was just storage. I mean, just stuff, junk. It was junk. People would stop by and say, hey, could I, could I, could I donate my old computer? Uh, can, you give me a, can you get the treasurer to give me a donation receipt? Well, does it, what are you doing? Why are you getting rid? Well, I got a new one. And I was having some problems with this, but I think it'll be all right. Can I drop it off? We had like, I don't know, 25 computers upstairs. We started throwing them out. And he says in here, Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and give him the best. Now, I got permission. I've got permission to share this publicly. Just a couple of weeks ago, before I went on vacation, our church got blessed with a $17,000 gift. And I can say the amount, permission to say the amount. This gift came from our brother and sister that moved away, Gerald and Mary. Now, having learned their story and heard their story, Gerald and Mary told me, they said years ago, they were in dire straits financially. They, 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 it was like every month they, they had money, income, but they weren't meeting their bills. It was always like they were behind. And then they 
learned about the principle of tithing. And they began to tithe. And then in, it took a little while, he said, but after a while, they were paying their bills. But they were tithing. So they, they, they finally sold their last piece of property. You know, they'd sold a couple of pieces of land. They sold their last piece of property. And, and their, their, their net gain out of that was $153,500. What's 10% of $153,500 for you mathematicians? The age goes, I know what that is. So if they gave 17000 did they give 10% or more? They gave him the first, and they gave him the best. And I prayed this over Gerald and Mary, that your barns will burst and your vine vats will brim over. Malachi says it, that heaven will open and you'll have so much room, you won't even be able to contain the blessings. Now, does it make any sense? No. But God asks us to trust him. He says, I died for you. I gave my life for you. Will you give your whole self to me? Will you trust me from, from the bottom of your heart? And don't try to figure me out. So honoring God with everything. The last principle that in this passage of Scripture was, don't, dear friend, resent God's discipline. Don't sulk over his loving correction. Now, how many of you want to raise your hand and go, I love God's discipline, I love his correction. Come on, Lord, give me another little dose of discipline. But be, don't resent it, because behind it, the pro, that's the principle. Don't resent it. Don't sulk over it. Receive it in love. Because why? Because the promise is it's the child he loves that God corrects and a father's delight is behind it all. The ultimate delight of the father is his reconciliation of, his, of, of us to him. And that comes through Christ. It comes through the cross. He's going to keep you in perfect peace when your eyes and your mind and your heart are stayed on him. For those of you that trust in him and his peace, his covenant of, his pe covenant of peace will not be shaken. He imparts it to you. He keeps you in it. And lastly, he is our peace. Nowhere else can you find true peace but in him. Friends that you know, family that you know, that don't know Christ, don't know this kind of peace. Now, let's be honest. I've even heard my brother share just when we go through difficult times, and all of a sudden the mind gets focused on the issues of life. It's very difficult to, to see the promises of the Scripture, the promises of peace, this imparted peace, this perfect peace, that he is our peace. And, and what it takes is what you heard, a testimony from this pulpit. It takes to, like Pauline was saying, the meditation you breathe in 
You breathe in, be still and know. And you breathe out, I will be still and I will know. And I will petition God and I will pray to God with thanksgiving and I'll let my request be known to him. Even if it's over and over and over again, he'll never tire. He'll never tire. And then, and then just at that perfect time, he'll come and say, here's my perfect peace now. Because you've trusted me from the bottom of your heart. You've got rid of the stuff that was all percolating around there. And now I can fill you up with something. That's me. I'll help you take off the old, and I'll help you put on the new, and you'll be clothed with something maybe you've not experienced in a while. Shalom, halakim. May peace be unto you. May this prosperity, this wholeness, this welfare, this completion. But may you recognize all the fullness. It cannot come any other way but through him. And that he wants to keep you in perfect peace. Now, finishing up here. Sometimes, this is something I just was meditating on myself. These disciples were in a locked room because they were fearing the Jews. And God in his graciousness just appeared amongst them and said, Shalom, welcome. Sometimes we lock ourselves away, don't we? We lock ourselves away from our family, from our friends, from the very ministries that can help us in prayer and love and hands laying on us. All the things that the Bible guides us in as Christian brothers and sisters to confess our sins one to another, to share our burdens and carry burdens, to be a sharer of burdens. So maybe we don't necessarily lock ourselves physically behind closed doors, or that can be it. I'm not coming out. I'm not going to church. I'm staying away. And they're struggling and without peace. But a lot of times we can be sitting in church and we can be spiritually within a closed-up heart. We can be living with walls around our heart and and guarding ourselves and afraid of what what might be thought of or what people might condemn us or judge us if they really knew what I was struggling with inside this closed-up heart. Well, as I was praying about this this morning, even just early this morning, I wrote down, this is where the risen Christ, the resurrected Christ, appears miraculously, right in the center of your heart, right in your mind. And he says, Shalom, Alakam. Peace be unto you. May the welfare of the cross, may the benefits of the cross, may the rest of the cross, May the safety of the cross, may the wholeness of his blood, the blood that was shed through my nail-pierced hands, may the completion that occurred when I rose from the dead and the fullness that occurred when the Holy Spirit got poured out be unto you in your closed-up heart. And you might say, well, I, I, need, I, need, to touch, I need to touch the finger. I need to touch the side. I, I'm like Thomas. Well, ask him to give you eyes to see. Ask him to, to, to show you and have you, help you hear testimonies of those that have gone before you and, 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 and they've learned how to go to God in faith and, and, and trust God, not by walk by faith and not by sight. 
Yesterday, I spent three hours, I think it was three hours, was it, Judy? Listening to Harvey Town's Homegrowing. Now, if you don't know who Harvey Town was, Harvey Town was a district superintendent over in the Rocky Mountain District. He was the man that I wrote to on October 14th, 1994, and told him I sensed a call to ministry. And in May, he wrote me a letter and said that they, they'd approved me for licensing of 1995. And so, in, and his wife, Joyce, has been such an encouragement every time we stop by to Pauline and spoken life into her. And, and um, Harvey has spoken life into me and always been a great source of encouragement. And uh, as, I, as, I listened, as I listened to his uh, home going yesterday, it was just so encouraging, just a tremendous, tremendous man of God, man of faith, but he was a man of prayer. You heard it over and over and over again. And he begged God to bring revival to the, to the church in Great Falls where Judy was attending because he'd been up in Canada and he'd seen revival and he said, I want that here, Lord. Can we not have it here? And God poured out revival in Great Falls, Montana years ago. Well, Judy, he wants that revival now in your own heart, in my heart. And it was a very, he, he's, what, was, what the testimony that came out was that Harvey had a peace about him that you don't see in everybody. And his, when you listen to his testimony from his great-grandchildren, his grandchildren, his kids, it was that he was a man of prayer, that he went to God, and he received the impartation of peace from God. He was kept in perfect peace because he kept in touch with God. And he recognized that it's only Christ and through his blood and through his cross that his peace existed. What are you doing? And where are you at? Nothing's going to shake his covenant of peace that he promises. But it is by faith and not by sight. So would you put your faith in Christ this morning? He's holding out his hands. His side is wounded for you and for me. Father, in the name of Jesus, Oh, Lord, I just give this word to you this morning, and I pray in the name of Jesus that there would be a peace that beyonds and transcends all understanding in our hearts, that, uh, Father, that um, we would receive this imparted peace, that would, we would, Father, we would be, um, be kept in perfect peace, and that, Father, we would realize that you are our peace. You've bestowed it upon us, and we want to receive it by faith at this Christmas time. In Jesus' name, amen.